Hour two of fantasy sports today. We are back on the air here every day, noon to two Eastern. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia covering all sports for you. Also with a lot of good guests on tomorrow's show, we'll preview the Masters. We'll also get you the latest in terms of what is going on with injuries in the NFL with Dr. David Chow, because Wednesday is the big injury day. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, our new sports card segment continues with Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards. Those of you who are collectors, investors, you may want to tune in and find out which are the most selected cards to get graded by the big grading company this week. But first and foremost, Joe, we start off in the NFL, and it wouldn't be a week without any COVID news. So here we are again. Good news on the Ben Roethlisberger front. He has tested negative for COVID-19, but because of somebody else on the team testing positive, he right now has to quarantine, stay away from the team for a little bit. And also we got news this morning that Baker Mayfield, who it was reported last week tested positive, is doing everything virtually this week. So here's my advice. If you're betting on the NFL or making any important decisions, wait a couple days and then you'll be all right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good advice right there. And look, this is the new norm, right? I mean, it's funny because every Sunday we leave a spot open on the opening of the show and the headlines for the COVID update. And inevitably, even if it's trending, every is trending in that way or it's not, you know, our producer, Chris, here, who does the uh, the updates here on our show, Chris Kofsky, you know, Chris says, well, you want to get rid of it? I said, no, no, let's just let's just wait out because I'm sure at some point in time there'll be something to put on there. And inevitably there always is. Um, but I'll tell you what, for Ben Roethlisberger, that's good news. Also, hopefully those knees are OK, too, because he took a shellacking in that game, too. Let me just tell you, like I, when he left that field, I was a little worried. And I think you could collectively feel all of those Pittsburgh Steelers fans going, oh, no, not again, because they saw what happened when Big Ben was not on the field. And seeing Mason Rudolph come out there and take any snaps had to be like some sort of PTSD for them, because last year was rough in terms of the quarterback play. So at least Big Ben's knees seem to be OK. At least the COVID stuff seems to be OK, because it's a great start. Eight knows where you want to be, even though in the last 10 years, no eight, no team has won the Super Bowl. I'm just going to keep throwing that out there because I know it bothers all the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. What I like to do. Yeah, I start the pot. Don't show any bitterness because your Patriots are five games behind. It's okay. I'm bitter. It's all right. I'm bitter. You had oh, your time. Oh, you had your time. My hands are so heavy with all these rings. Oh wait, let me let me rest them. Listen, <sighs> you, you had your time, but your time has come to an end. <laughs> oh, it has come okay. to an end. A lot of championships out of it. A lot of fun. No, but... it was a great ride. It's a great ride. Yeah, it was. It was I got no regrets. No regrets. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here are our headlines. Ben Roethlisberger, as we mentioned, placed on the COVID list. Same thing with Jalen Samuels. Not a big fantasy factor in Samuels, but we'll hope that Big Ben can get back on the field for Sunday. Uh, or, boy, it could be the Burrow show. This could be their first loss because if Mason Rudolph is starting, I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, Cowboys rookie quarterback, uh, cornerback, excuse me, Trevon Diggs, out four to six weeks. There's just no good news for the Cowboys this season, except for CeeDee Lamb. Three games tonight in the MAC. MAC is back on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights, so we'll recap those games, of course, tomorrow. And if you want to get involved in on the action, go to the FanDuel Sportsbook and place your bets if you're in a place where you can. Mississippi State-Auburn postponed due to COVID, but the bigger one this week would be the LSU-Alabama game as the Tigers have multiple positive COVID tests. I'm seeing all kinds of jokes on LSU saying, oh, yeah, like let's just cancel the game and not get embarrassed. Uh, I mean, look, I understand the Tigers are not nearly as good as they were last year. Different quarterback, different offensive coordinator. Their defense hasn't played well. Bama is, Joe, they are just chomping at the bit to get even here with LSU. There's no doubt. They want this game played. And I'm afraid for the Tigers that, I mean, the, I mean, look, in a game like this, the line I don't think is ever going to be more than two touchdowns. 
But Alabama's got a good shot to take it to the Tigers, I think, if they get end up playing the game. If they do, and you would imagine that they will, they're absolutely going to. And that's it. They're going to take it to them. You're right. It's, and this is what happens. You know, programs go through ebbs and flows, just like every other, you know, organization and team. And, uh, you know, Bama's one of those teams that just doesn't have nearly as many ebbs and flows. They seem to be good every single year for so long now. And this is why it's so important to get that head coach regime in place in college football, because when you have the right ones and you have the right recruiting talent, success just continues to breed success. It's amazing how they've been able to keep it going for so long. And even you see programs like LSU, it's so good for a period of time. And then you have the down year. I'm trying to think of Alabama. Craig, when's the last down year for Alabama? It's been a while. Yeah, I mean, since Nick Saban is there, I mean, not getting to the championship is kind of a down year for them. To be honest. <laughs> That's but, quite a standard to be setting. Not getting yeah, to the championship well, is the down in year. In the end, in the end, Nick Saban is going down as the, I would say, the best coach in the history of college football. He he is going wow. to be the best coach in the history. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. Over the Bear Bryants and the, uh, I'm trying to think yeah. of the Paternos yeah, of the he, world. Listen, he's got to stay. He's got to stay longer. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, the coaches that are considered the two best and just in terms of wins were Bobby Bowden and Joe Paterno. We know how Paterno's stuff ended, and so he's no longer really in that conversation for that because under his watch, all those horrible things happened with Sandusky. Right. But Bobby, uh, Bobby Bowden is considered probably to be the best coach of all time. He's the winningest coach of all time, but mm-hmm. he does not have the most championships. And you mentioned some great names there for sure. But Saban is going to be number one. He's got to stay at Alabama probably another four or five years. And in the next four or five years, he's probably going to win one or two more championships. And 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 and, and again, he won a championship I'll, at LSU. He rebuilt Michigan State. Yeah. yeah. Gotta, I'll, I make the case for, I'll make the case for Saban with you on, on another route real quick because this is also a guy who did it in an era where NCAA was looking a lot harder at everybody and there's a lot more competition in terms of talent and getting talent because a lot of other good programs. So – very difficult. I think the the grade should be higher for him. Yeah, he he really, when he was the coach of the Dolphins, rubbed everybody the wrong way, and didn't do a good job here, and and learned his lesson. College coach, we get out of here, get back to college, and win. Our sports card segment is that is next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Of course, it was a huge weekend in the NFL. It's always a huge weekend in Josh Cohen's office over at PCSportsCards.com. He's submitting tens of thousands of cards each week, baseball cards, football cards, basketball cards, into PSA, Professional Sports Authenticator. They're coming back graded. The sports card market has been on fire. But the questions that we always have here on the show is, which are the cards that are the hottest? Not by the prices, but the ones that Josh is submitting the most. That'll give us the better indication because it's all of you who are sending your cards in to get graded. Josh, thanks for coming on the show. Hope you had a good weekend. Enjoyed your college and pro football. How are you? Uh, thanks for having me, Craig. It was a little bit better before uh, USC cheated and stole that <laughs> onside kick, but we'll survive. 
Yeah, Josh is a Arizona State alumni, so you know, <laughs> got got to be patient with him uh, coming up this week here in the Pac-12. All right, so let's get right to it. Uh, you've had a week now since we've talked last to tally up the most submitted cards that you have in your possession that you're sending out to get graded, and hopefully people are searching for that PSA 10. Give us the singular football player that has touched your hands that it's on their way out to get graded. Who, who are people hot after these days? So this week, at the end of the week, we got a lot of Dalvin Cook cards in, and based on this week's performance, we expect to get it again. I mean, he's just blowing the world up when it comes to fantasy football, and that drives a lot of the sports card prices. Yeah, do you, do you think that running backs in general, Josh, are a good investment? It, it feels like if you invested in Saquon Barkley, that you may have gone downhill. McCaffrey's missed most of the year. He's questionable again for this week. It seems like if you're a sports card collector or if you're a sports card investor, it feels like if you get a running back and he's off to a good start and you get that card graded, I feel like you got to get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know how long you have with it. Yeah, I mean, outside of quarterbacks, the position players don't really last. So get it in, get it graded quickly, get it back and sell it, make your money and move on to the next one. Yeah, and Josh does consignment, too. You can check it out, PCSportsCards.com. All right, so we had the uh, the baseball awards yesterday, and certainly there are some hot names out there. We talked about Lewis Robert last week of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, right now, it's it's the baseball offseason. So what's driving the market right now, Josh? Is it the free agents that are out there, like Springer and Real Muto? Is it the young guys? Is it some of the awards that we're going to be talking about here on the show? Sure. Uh, we're getting a lot of Acuna back because of during the season, but the ones going out, Kyle Lewis this week, him and Luis Robert were really neck and neck, but those are the two that we're getting the most of in. Yeah. Well, why Why? Why do you think Lewis? You think just because of, of the great season that he had? And, you know, in terms of rookies with me, like I saw the year that Lewis had last year, but I kind of feel like he's another guy that we could be selling high on. I mean, he's in Seattle, Josh. He's not in a fantastic market. I feel like if I had a PSA 10 of, of Kyle Lewis, I, I think I'd, I'd be selling it. Sure. I mean, if you look at the base tops rookies, I would sell a lot of those cards because there's just so many of them graded. Um, I would look for rarer versions of the Kyle Lewis cards. Listen, we're coming up to February, next, coming up soon, next year, early in the year. And that's when the players really explode. So get them in, get them graded, wait till February, March and start selling them. And that's when you really see the growth in those players. Yeah, especially for baseball. But for basketball, we found out December 22nd, things start back up. And for the next player that we're going to talk about here, Josh, and, and I know that, uh, you know, before the show, we talked about it, you had mentioned LeBron James is another big player that's going out. Um, so two questions for LeBron James on you. Number one, why is LeBron James the most submitted basketball player this past week? Why do you think that is number one? And number two, why did we see LeBron James's cards go down in price after he won the championship? Because we saw, I, I think we saw about a 20%, 30% kickback after that happened. Sure, there's a lot of LeBron James cards out there. It's not only ultra-modern cards like with some of the younger players. So you have a lot of other years that you can actually submit them. So that's why we're seeing a lot of LeBron cards coming in. And to your second question, um, the price is baked in at that point with who's going to win the championship. You saw the same thing with Mahomes back in uh, February last year. His main base rookie card went from about $1,500 down to $1,100. And now it's up about $5,500, which is still way below the max that it was before the season started. It's just the normal progression of cards. Mm, yeah, no, it's interesting to know when to buy and sell these cards, too. And the second we get them back rated, you kind of have to make that decision. Is this going to go in my collection or is this going to be something 
that I'm going to sell. It's something that I fight with all the time, too. All right, so uh, you got a lot of cards back this past week. I know that with your group submissions, and Josh, he's the one that's submitting the cards. You can see exactly what he does. You go to his website, PCSportsCards.com. He sends the cards out. He gets them back. He sends them to the customers, or he sells them for you. Uh, let, let's check out one of the more rarer cards that you got back in the office this week. And, and I understand the first one is one that everybody loves to see. So the first one that we got back, it's not really a rare card. You just don't see that many getting graded anymore because a lot of them are either graded or in somebody's collection. But it's a 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie. If you look closely at the outside of the card, you'll see there's whiting on the edges in the corners, which caused it to get the grade of a six, which is still about a $3,500 card. And if you last week we spoke about the um, the Bulls story on ESPN in April, and before that, it was about under $1,000. So you saw a big jump in those rookie cards this year from that story. Mm, yeah, and, and and look, that's honestly the one card that's kind of escaped me through the years. I don't know why. It's like the one card I don't have. I've always searched because there's so many, and people know there's so many fakes of that card. Uh, you got to figure out if it's real or if it's fake, and that's just not something I'm, I'm trained on to be able to do, so it's not my investment. Uh, all right, so uh, let's, let's talk about the most valuable card, the card that you got graded this past week. It came back and made you say, wow, which one was yeah, that? Yeah, so this, this week we got a 2017 Donruss Optic. Patrick Mahomes gold rookie auto numbered to 10. So there's only 10, co 10 copies of this card in the world. And it got a PSA nine um, based on some recent sales. It's somewhere between 20 and $30,000. Wow. I know that's a big range, but it's really hard to put your finger when you don't see these cards move that much. Yeah, no. And, and Mahomes right now is in the top three again. I mean, possible MVP back to back. I mean, uh, you know, Josh Allen dropped off a little bit. Russell Wilson had a bad week and Mahomes like never has a bad week. So you know, I guess that's part of the conversation. And then finally, let, let's wrap it up with uh, a decent investment card and, and specifically why you would invest in this card, Josh. So the card that I'm saying is a good investment this week is the John Morant Prism Variation Rookie. Key, keyword there is variation. So there's a lot of base cards, there's even a lot of silver cards graded. And one thing we talk about is population report, which is how many of those cards are in a certain grade. So we look at the John Morant Base Rookie card and there's over 10,000 PSA 10s out of just under 20,000 of them graded. Of the silver, which is a very desirable card and worth about eight times the base card, you're looking at 750 out of about 2,200 graded. With the variation, there's only 375 PSA 10s out of only 800 graded, mm. and it sells for about $650. So for a very small difference in price to the regular base card, you can have a much rarer version of his rookie card. Mm, yeah, and, and now's a good time to buy NBA before December starts back up. Once it starts up again, I think we're going to see that spike. Uh, all right, I always like to show things from my collection. Instead of showing you a card that I got graded over the last couple of weeks, I'm showing you a card that I'm going to get graded. I sent this card off to Josh. This is a Wilt Chamberlain. I believe it is a 1972 or 1971 Topps uh, Wilt Chamberlain. This is from my personal collection here. And as you can see, it is held up with the test of time. This thing has been in my family's collection for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. I cracked it out of one of those really hard cases. And, and initially, Josh, when I looked at this thing, I'm like, I'm going to send it in. I'm going to get myself an eight. I'm going to make two, $3,000. But upon closer inspection, I mean, you're the trained eye at this point. What do you think that this is going to come back at? So usually I'm a little easier i guess on vintage cards i think it's going to get about a five i wouldn't be shocked if it got a four or a six Ooh, four. Um, stop yeah it's got so, it's got some 
discoloration, centering is not perfect. It does have great sharp corners, does have great sharp edges. Yeah. But there's more to more to a card than just that. So, and especially if you look at the back, the centering's a little off. So any anything in that range, four to six, is where I would expect it to end up. Yeah, well, we'll find out in a couple of weeks. I sent it in. So I don't know about next week's show, but the week after that, when Josh comes on the show, uh, either he'll have it in his hands or I'll have it in mine. One way or the other, we'll show you what I ended up getting. Well, again, uh, Josh, thanks for coming on. Uh, really good information this week. Dalvin Cook, Kyle Lewis, LeBron James, those are the hot cards going out, not the ones you're seeing sold on eBay. These are the cards that people in the country, like you, who are sports card collectors, are sending out to get graded. Josh is the one who knows. He sends out more than anybody else in the country. Thanks again, Josh. Really appreciate it. We'll catch up again next week, okay? Thanks so much, Craig. Have a good week. All right, his website, pcsportscards.com. I got to take a quick time out here on the show. More fantasy football discussion. Also more about the baseball awards that were given away last night. You're watching Fantasy Sports today right here on SportsGrid and sportsgrid.com. And we'll be back in just two minutes. So make sure you stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports. Today, as we run through some of the different options over on FanDuel, don't forget the Masters begins on Thursday. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to go through all the different betting options. Also talk DFS with Rick Gaiman. So make sure you tune into tomorrow's show for our preview of the 2020 Masters Tournament. Coming fast and furious this week. So before we get to that, if you missed our show yesterday, you can go back and watch On Demand over at SportsGrid.com on our YouTube channel as well. We were talking about what the odds may look like for the NFL MVP. And just like we asked, here they are on this Tuesday morning. We finally got those odds. Uh, on FanDuel updated, not finally from them, but finally from us, decided to do it. And here they are on FanDuel. Let's take a look. Russell Wilson, plus 110. Patrick Mahomes, plus 250. You know what that tells you? There ain't no favorite to win the MVP. Aaron Rodgers, 4-1. to one. Josh Allen, who was 8-1 to one, and then 30-1, to one, is now back up to 18-1. to one. And then look who is closing in here on the pack. Kyler Murray at 25-1. to one. Got to tell you something here, Joe. Mm. I don't think Kyler Murray is going to win the MVP. But in looking at these odds, here's what I would wonder. What if they would have beat Miami, right? What if they would have just beat Miami on Sunday? If this Gonzalez would have kicked that field goal, they go to overtime, maybe Murray scores the game-winning touchdown. I think Murray would be 10-1. to 1. So mm. – if there's any value to any of these players, I think the value is on Murray because at least that's my estimation. Now, I don't know how you see it, but if it's 25 to 1 with him losing that game last week, what do you think, Joe, the odds would be if they would have won? <laughs> I think now's the time to drop some coin. And when we're done with this show, I might be doing it myself. In fact, I'm going to guarantee I'm doing it myself because here's what's going to happen the next two weeks. Kyler Murray, in a way, despite this loss this week, kind of controls his own destiny because this week he plays against Josh Allen. If he wins that Gardner, you're not winning MVP this year. Stop it. All right, let me go back. Sorry. Gardner mentioned really enough. God, he's so obsessive. All right, geez, get off of it already. Anyway, Kyler Murray plays Josh Allen this coming week, right? 
if you beat Josh Allen head to head, you get to go next week and go to Seattle and beat Russell Wilson. Now, if you beat Russell Wilson twice this year and he's the number one guy at the odds and you just beat Josh Allen, who's in front of you as well. Anyone not named Patrick Mahomes, all of a sudden, Kyler Murray's looking real good for that award. And I know that some things have to happen here. And I understand that the Cardinals have deficits. But look, I'm going to go back to August. We talked about who are our surprise teams, who are the teams that we thought would really compete this year and maybe surprise a lot of people, not just in fantasy, but in reality. And the Cardinals were mine. The Cardinals were the team that I thought would really do that. And so far, they have. And Kyler Murray's been that dude. And he's done it without a running game. And he's done it with DeAndre Hopkins, no doubt about that. But he's making Christian Kirk a thing. But more than anything, he has basically taken this offense on his shoulders and says, let's go. And you're right. It came down to just a field goal. So for me right now, that Kyler Murray number is going to get smaller and smaller. And it might go right into the four or five to one if he wins those next two games. So now is the only time to get in on that as far as I'm concerned. I don't care if you just throw 10 bucks on it just for fun. It seems like the fun thing to do right now because that's where the odds are. Now, am I being unfair to Aaron Rodgers? Am I being unfair to Patrick Mahomes? Because as you said, the value is not really there, but is there room to make money here with those two guys? Because they are MVP talents. They've won MVPs in the past, and maybe we're overlooking those two guys a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that Mahomes is the one that's the most interesting because right now, statistically speaking, I mean, he's pretty much the best quarterback in the NFL. And so you would ask your, the question, why is he plus 250? The only thing that I can come up with is that he won it last year and the NFL would love to give somebody new the MVP. That's the only thing that I can come up here uh, with this, Joe, because all things being said, if you swapped out the names, Mahomes and Wilson, swapped out the stats you'd have Mahomes as the favorite for the MVP mm. but uh Wilson got off to that unbelievable start uh he has come back to earth a little bit in terms of the wins and losses they've lost a couple of games they've played close in a couple of games for me though at this stage I think Mahomes is the one that gives you the value Lamar Jackson by the way won the MVP last year I misspoke uh Mahomes could very well be involved in this thing but for me uh, Murray at 25 to 1, as you said, $10, $25, $50, $100. Bucks. I mean, if you're going to go 50, you may as well go 100. Try to make it worth your while. But that, but that, that's what I'm more curious, not on who's going to win, but what they make the lines. It's a lot of you know what I'm more interested in on and, a weekly and basis. And that's fair. And, and before we go on to the so next what would one, it be? I don't think, did you even answer that question? So what do you think okay. it would have been? If, if Arizona would have won, what do you think Murray would be right now? Let's see. The highest one was uh, well, the one before him was eighteen, I believe you said, right? That's where Allen was. Right. Was it eighteen? So, I, I think that's around where I think, he'd be. I think he'd be twenty to one. I think it would be around twenty, don't you think? I think that's fair. I don't think it would have jumped past Josh Allen. Not after the week Josh Allen had. I don't think that would be fair. Maybe you put them both at eighteen. Well, here's a here is a very good exercise that we're going to do. Okay. Ooh, I like so exercises. Let's move on from the NFL MVP. Now, okay. on last week's show, again, I know that you guys are probably watching for the first time and not even knowing who I am or Joe is. That's perfectly fine. But on last week's show, we talked about the Heisman Trophy Award winner and the potential for that. And on the show, I threw in a player by the name of Kyle Trask, who was the quarterback at Florida. Now, Joe, do you remember what his odds were to win the Heisman last week mm. when we talked about I, this? And I'm like, I'll I don't throw him in for I, I remember that phrase. I'll just throw him in here, but I don't remember what the exact odds were. Okay. So I, I can't so, wait to hear. It was 30 to one. 
<laughs> they beat Georgia and take a look at his odds right now to win the Heisman Trophy. He went up 20. Wow. And right now, Kyle Trask, he's not a favorite, and he's not particularly close because he's got three guys ahead of him. But Trask went from 30 to 1 to 10 to 1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Here are the rest Justin Fields at plus 175. Trevor Lawrence actually got a little bit better odds because I guess he's coming back. I, I suppose when FanDuel's making the odds, you're worried about COVID. Maybe he's going to be out a longer period of time. He's going to come back this week. Plus 175. Mac Jones, plus 175. No favorite for the Heisman. We are two-thirds of the way through the college football season. There is no favorite. Uh, Trask at 10-1. Zach Wilson with BYU's big win at Boise is 40-1. Is to one. I don't think he's going to win. But, again, they invite four players usually to the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony. So that's prestigious. Maybe Wilson jumps into that if Florida loses. But uh, a, a lot of people, Joe, are, are feeling like if Fields continues to play the way that he's playing, that he may end up being the number one or number two pick overall in the draft. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I think I saw before the show, that Fields has 11 touchdowns this season passing and 11 incompletions on the entire season. But again, they haven't played a lot of games. But think about that. 11 touchdowns still, and 11 still, incompletions. I don't, I don't care how many games you played or not. That's that's good. <laughs> that's, your, that's, a, that's a good thing that's right there. Uh, but so again, yeah, I don't know if that's jump, yeah. about Murray, but it just mm-hmm. shows you what one win. And, and again, Florida's win over Georgia is a better win than Arizona's would have been against Miami. But when you're looking at odds, wins matter. And and I know that it should be stats, but the way that we give out these popularity contests is the team that wins the most with the guy that has the stats ends up winning the awards. So I still don't think Trask is going to win the Heisman. I think Trask is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL now all of a sudden. That I do think. But uh, for me, Mac Jones is still the guy. If they go undefeated the whole year and he's got the best numbers, and he's played more games than than Fields has. Fields will catch up a little bit in the long run. I still think Mac Jones is the winner, but Fields has played unbelievable to this point. No, he absolutely has. I mean, those those numbers say everything right there. Uh, but on top of which, too, I think you're also building that narrative of, well, the triumphant return of Trevor Lawrence. You know, he had COVID in this COVID season. It's kind of like the Freddie Freeman narrative. You want to start writing that, who won the uh, MVP, I think, that, were, that we think is going to be the guy, right? So I, I think when you're looking at this, I think you're saying to yourself, okay, you're right. Wins do matter so much in college. When I go back to the NFL version of this, and I look at particularly these next two weeks, you're going to have – a complete separation in a different board in the next two weeks because of those games that Kyler Murray's playing in because he's playing the Buffalo bills. And then because he's playing the Seahawks and back-to-back weeks, you're going to know if Kyler Murray is in or out of this race and he very well might be out of it. And maybe you take the hundred bucks and you burn it and it's wrong. Okay. You know, he loses both games. He looks terrible and okay, but I'm going to come back to that stat that I said before about Kyler Murray. We were talking about him in hour one. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to have 500 yards rushing, 2,000 yards passing. Oh, and he's also got eight rushing touchdowns. So statistically speaking, all the way around, that is something that right now he is setting a bar for everybody else as a different kind of quarterback. And Lamar said it last year, but there's a chance that Kyler Murray in some ways might push it forward because of he might be a better passer than Lamar Jackson. And I think you could probably say that right now. So it's fascinating. I think that if Kyler Murray goes away these next two weeks, let's say he doesn't perform well, you're going to look at, I think, Mahomes as being the, the guy potentially. And I, I've been thinking that the last two weeks watching Mahomes. It's just like, okay, like we all talked about Russell Wilson and that narrative is out there, but the defense is letting them down in spots. They've lost two games in a row on the road. There's, there's a bad mojo going on right now at Seattle. And maybe they'll get right in the next two weeks. And that's very possible and turn that around. 
But if you look at who's set up the best in terms of schedule, who's set up the best in terms of productivity, it's got to be Mahomes, right? When you consider all those things, Craig. Yeah, it is. I don't. I don't know why I keep saying Mahomes won the MVP last year. Why? Well, why he won the Super Bowl that? MVP. He won Super Bowl MVP, and, no, and Lamar won the MVP. Well, Mahomes won the MVP two years ago, and last year it was Lamar winning the MVP. Well, but why, Mahomes why, why, won the why Super Bowl MVP. Getting at what a good year Lamar Jackson had. I had Lamar I, Jackson I in fantasy. Last year. I, I don't know why. You would, you would think you would have enjoyed it more and would have remembered it better. I, I, I don't think I had a good it's, team, but I had Lamar did Jackson. Stephon Diggs ruined him. Is that what happened? Stephon Diggs ruined your Lamar Jackson. Probably. That's probably yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right coming up next it's time for a little fantasy or reality here on our show and then we will uh close it out here on this tuesday mercifully close it out here on this tuesday uh, a lot of discussion here coming up about uh adam Gase and what is the future for him there were some really funny tweets i thought last night about adam Gase and specifically what he should have done going the game and what he should be doing maybe going out the door we'll talk about that next though Com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. Tomorrow on our show, we'll discuss the press conference with the new owner of the New York Mets, Steve Cohen. While we're on the air here, uh, met with the media, had a lot of interesting things to say. One of the things, though, that we can tell you that he said before we requeue this all back for the Wednesday edition of the show, Joe, is that uh, Luis Rojas, their manager, looks like he will be uh, coming back to the organization as their manager. So that's good news for Rojas. Uh, also, Sandy Alderson, president of Baseball Operations, had a comment basically saying that he will not be the key decision maker as far as baseball operations is concerned. He'll just oversee. And that happens with a lot of presidents. We've seen that before. Pat Gillick right. is now in the Hall of Fame. Uh, John Shearholtz. Uh, it, it, it happens with a lot of baseball right. teams. They just basically need somebody to make sure that the path is being chosen correctly. But that's interesting because that means that a new, um, you know, at least vice president of baseball operations, I think, will be brought in by the Mets. And I'm curious who that will be. Yeah, a uh, new regime is in town, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe Jeff Lunau gets a job after all, huh? Probably not. I, I, although, Steve Cohen seems no. like the kind of guy that uh, might throw caution to the wind, right? Maybe bring him in as GM. Who knows? You say no, you're probably right. But uh, I don't look, think you're seeing Jeff for a while after this. <laughs> I'm sure you're I'm I, I don't sure think you're you right. can destroy Major League Baseball and sue for $22 million and and get hired. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 I know, and I've known Jeff for the years, but. That's the that's that's a tough choice to have to make, but I mean I don't. Well, it's it's a tough choice to make, but you're look. The Mets are in a unique position here to finally get the baseball operations on the right track again. And for all the crap that Omar Minaya took over the years, you can't say that he wasn't a good talent evaluator because if you go back and you look at some of the talent that he acquired, brought through that organization, and developed. It was a lot. It was responsible for that run that he had in the mid-2000s there when you all of a sudden this team looked like, oh my goodness, we've brought in Carlos Beltran and Delgado. And look, the Mets haven't had a real middle-of-the-order presence until this past year with Pete Alonso since Carlos Delgado. Just, just picture that for a moment. A real cleanup hitter type presence. And Omar Minaya and that group, they developed well, they drafted well, they did all that stuff. 
and it just look it, it just it's been spinning their wheels ever since with all the people they brought in so whoever is head of baseball operations or gm or whatever it ends up becoming whatever the titles are i just hope it's the right people and the people that realize that yeah you're gonna have to win with a little bit more of that nowadays than necessarily going out there and signing big free agents because look typically those guys don't hit the market anymore all that much harper is the anomaly you know it i know it. these guys get brought in, drafted, and then extended, and that is the new Major League Baseball. You don't see these guys hitting free agents in their prime. Very few of them do. A couple have recently, but uh, it's not going to be a whole lot of them in the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. It'll be interesting to see, though. Um, looks yeah. like they're willing to go out and spend, develop, do all those sort of things. We'll bring you some of those comments tomorrow here on the show when we come back uh, for our Wednesday edition. All right, let's uh, end today with fantasy or reality. Let's start off with the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, he could still win the Rookie of the Year in the NFL, Joe. And, I mean, look, he's 2-0. and His stats are okay. He looks like he's getting better and better. But fantasy or reality, he could win Rookie of the Year. What do you think? You know, I have pause with this one. I think the immediate reaction is to say fantasy. He's half the season's gone, you know, already. And we've just gotten him now. And he's looked obviously better in this last game. Big win on the road here against the Arizona Cardinals. But FanDuel seems to kind of also think that he might still have a chance on this. He's already gone to nine to one. And just for context, Joe Burrow is at uh, plus 130. And believe it or not, Herbert's at minus 120 for this award right now on FanDuel. And, And he should be. But the Chargers keep losing games. And here's the one caveat I'm going to put in there. The only guy of those three that has a shot at the playoffs is Tua. And if they make the playoffs, it's not all because of Tua, because he didn't start the entire season. But that could have a lot to do with things. And with the expanded playoff format, I'm going to say that he can still win this. I think it's reality. And and I think the knee-jerk reaction is to say, no, it's fantasy. That's crazy. He can't do it. The other guy's had a head start statistically, blah, blah, blah. I think the NFL is more than just the stats, too. They're going to look at the wins and a rookie quarterback, especially the narrative you can build with this award in the media of all the guy who was hurt and fell in the draft and came back and played and then carried his team in the second half all the way to a playoff appearance. That kind of goes a long way. And Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert aren't going to be able to do that. So I think it's reality. I think he's still in it. I don't think he should be the favorite. I don't think he's going to win it. But I think he's still in this conversation, and this conversation could get very interesting by the time we're at maybe, say, December 10th as opposed to November 10th. Yeah, the interesting word here to use is can, and that's what we use, to a can still win Rookie of the Year. Uh, I would say it's reality, but I I really strongly believe that it's going to be one of the other two names you mentioned, either Burrow and Herbert. I just think statistically speaking – those two guys have such a head start on, on Tua in this thing. And it makes you wonder what would have happened had they started Tua at the beginning of the year, what kind of success he would have had or not. We really don't know the answer to that. Uh, so I'll say reality that he can, but I really don't think so. So I'm leaving that 5% chance essentially open. And FanDuel would tell you it's a little better than that. As you mentioned, the odds are not terrible. And, and I think that the reasons that you illustrated are fair because they have a good shot to make the playoffs when Cincinnati really probably does not. And the Chargers clearly do not. So I, I still think it's the other two, but Tua is in the conversation, and that's really all he needs. And look, if Miami goes seven and one with Tua, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. So that's why you leave that door open. That's why we said can. So it is a reality. All right, fantasy reality. Let's move on to the New York Jets. Boy, Adam Gase almost came through or didn't, depending on what you were rooting for last night for the Jets. It's been a tough year for him, probably his last year coaching as a head coach in the NFL, I would guess. Somehow he's still hanging on to this gig. Fantasy or reality, 
Adam Gase will be employed after the bye. What's the line on Adam Gase for coach of the year? Because when you think about it, who is going to help an organization more potentially than Adam Gase this season? Maybe nobody. Um, Here's the thing. I think that he will be employed, to tell you the truth. I think this is reality because at this point, why? Why would you make the change to Greg Williams? What do you want to do? Screw this up, get more aggressive, and then maybe fall into three wins instead of one or two? Look, Adam Gase has certainly worked at deficits here. It's I don't want to pin everything on him, okay? But I think that you can pin most of this on him. And, you know, these are people's livelihoods and jobs. And we make light of it here because we're an entertainment sports network. And that's kind of our job. But in reality here, it's not all just on Adam Gase. There has to be a culpability here with the general manager. He has to be a culpability here with the talent evaluations, the scouts, everything across the board. But the head coach is the guy in the NFL where the buck is supposed to stop. And right now it's stopping. It's pulling into the station with zero wins on the year. And right now, that's kind of where you want to go in this tankathon of 2020. You want to get one of those two big quarterbacks and turn this thing around. But Joe Judge has a lot of cap. I mean, not just uh, the the uh, general manager there. Um, next, oh God, he just went out of my head. Douglas. Brett, who's the Doug? Joe Douglas. Pardon Doug. me. Thank you. Yeah, finally, I caught your disease today. <laughs> Joe Douglas. Thank you. Joe Douglas uh, has a lot of cap space next year. You could completely remake this roster in one season and turn things around. You've seen. What's going on here with some of these organizations? You get that high traffic, all of a sudden, a lot of cap space. You can turn things around very quickly. And I think the Jets could be on the precipice of doing this. But whether or not Adam Gase is there the rest of the year is inconsequential. At this point, why rock the boat? Just leave him alone. We're already into the double-digit weeks now. Who cares? Have a week off and then just let Adam Gase just finish out the season. Because what's the point at this point, right? I mean, you know, there's enough unemployed people. Let's Let's keep Adam Gase around. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I think it's a reality, and and I am surprised that other coaches did get fired. I thought that teams would make it through the entire season without it, but there's really no reason to make a change when you know you're going to have to make one at the end of the season. So it's definitely a reality for me. Uh, but Joe, here's the here's really the bigger question at this point: uh, Gase is going to go down as one of the, I mean, maybe not with Miami, but in terms of his tenure with the Jets, as one of probably the top five worst tenures as a head coach of all time. But is he right at the top? Like, I don't know. Like, Cam Cameron in <laughs> Miami reminds me of, of Wilkes in Arizona. I think he had one year. He went 2-14. and 14 I'm going to throw out a name from the past. And whenever I think of bad coaches, this one always comes to mind. And it was with the Jets, too. It was Richie Kotite. Remember that year Richie Kotite no, had with the Jets? Then Gase. Come on. Yeah, Richie oh, Kotite won with the Jets. He won with the Eagles with the what was left of Buddy oh, Ryan's team. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but he was one in fifteen with the Jets. The Jet fans oh, will wow. tell you all about Richie Kotite. Oh, one year and done. I think he was one year and done. I would have to go back and oh. look, but I remember the one in fifteen year. Bruce Coslett was a bad coach for the Jets. Yes, Brett's telling us one and done for Richie Kotite. The Jets have looked so outside of Rex yeah. Ryan. Kotite. You know what? I think Todd Bowles deserves another chance somewhere. Uh, I think that, you know, outside of Rex Ryan, there hasn't been a whole lot of coaches besides Bill Parcells that you feel really good about as a Jets fan. But, hey, Rex Ryan made him relevant for a couple of years, gave him a lot of bravado and confidence when they should have had none, and they bought in, and they went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. Bill Parcells had them in the AFC Championship game, close to the precipice of the Super Bowl, right? So there have been productive moments in Jets history. It's just these last few have been tough, and I think it's always difficult when you say, this is going to be the guy that turns things around. 
and then it's not. And you go, this is going to be the guy that turns things around. And it's not. And they say, okay, well, now we're going to give him a quarterback, and that doesn't work out. And it's just – it's the constant spinning the wheels. And I think for the Mets, Jets, Knicks fan that exists in the tri-state area, that is a tough pill to swallow, let me tell you. That's tough. But the other thing, too, I think the real lesson to be learned here with the Adam Gase thing is be very careful of the genius – who happens to have a great quarterback also playing because Adam Gase's resume was built on the back of Peyton Manning. And it's one of the reasons why I think we look at Joe Brady this year. He's building a resume on the back of Teddy Bridgewater, who is a nice quarterback. But you look at the play calling, you look at the the cleverness of the offense, you look at what they're able to do with the pieces they have. That's the kind of mind that I think you should be looking for in the NFL. Not just a, who has the success and let's just get the guy who's part of the successful regime. Who's making the most of what they've got and having great success doing that. I think that's more the path to take. And I think that's a lesson to be learned here because it's not the first time the Adam Gase or whoever it is has gotten a, a great reputation. And, and Matt Patricia, maybe he's another one, right? How great was that Patriots defense a couple of years ago? He spinned that into a head coaching job with Detroit. How's that worked out? Yeah, not very good. 10 guys yeah. on the field. Not very good. 10 guys. 10 guys. All right, let's go. Let's close it out, and uh, here is the key here, the Mandalorian, which if you're a Star Wars fan, then then you're into the Mandalorian, and if you're not, you're probably not. It is pretty good as a standalone regardless, but it, it does really Star Wars fans. Uh, fantasy or reality, I guess this is only one for Joe. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can even answer this because this is just basically true or false. Uh, Joe watched The Mandalorian this weekend. I don't see any specifics here as the whole series or an episode or what, but Joe, fantasy reality on that. Well, you have to answer it first. Is it a fantasy reality? Did I uphold my end of the, the bargain? That's the, All the way up until the point. No. Did, 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 I, did I start watching it at least? I don't think I can oh, finish that. I told you I would – I said Friday over the weekend I will start The Mandalorian. Did I make good? What do you think? You think I'm a liar? You think I'm telling the truth here? You think I what? I think you did. You are correct. It is reality. I did. And I enjoyed it. Um, it's a little slow here in the beginning. Um, but and I'm somebody who actually has a really good threshold for slow paced moving things. But I did find it a little slow. It's a little light on the dialogue. It is clearly uh, a Western just set in Star Wars. I mean, from the opening moment, for God's sakes, at the bar with the whole thing. I mean, geez, you know, the pale rider comes in the bar. I mean, it's like pale rider meets true grit. You know, Yoda is like the little or whatever baby Yoda it is right now. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck's going on with that is, you know, like the, the little girl that he has to take care of. It's basically all those old Westerns just kind of dropped into Star Wars. But I'm a big fan of Pedro Pascal. I'm uh, uh, the action sequences were pretty good, pretty good quarterstaff kind of fight there that was there with his little weapon that uh, the long staff uh, shooting weapon there. So, so far, so good. Uh, I'm not right. sure where it's taking place, though, in the timeline. So we'll have to see if I get a little bit more. Maybe that's the uh, the thing I'm lacking. But so far, I do like it. And I'm and I did cash in and make good. All right. Now you got to finish it. That's now you got to finish it so we can talk about it. OK, <laughs> we'll be back. Sports Grid 60 to wrap up our edition of the show. Stay on the grid, Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
And welcome back to Fantasy Sports. Today on tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Rick Gaiman talking some Masters golf. Of course, we will go through the FanDuel Sportsbook odds to win. We'll also go through all the DFS options. Also, Dr. David Chow will be with us, and he gives the best injury updates in the country. He'll be with us tomorrow. So make sure you catch those two guests on our program for Wednesday. Let's wrap up the Tuesday show with a little Sports Grid 60. Joe, what you got? Well, I'm going to stick with the theme of today. And boys and girls, what we learned was Kyler Murray is really the guy we should all be talking about. We should be talking about in fantasy. We should be talking about in reality. He has a very fascinating two weeks ahead of him. He's playing out of his mind. He's setting NFL records. He's got eight rushing touchdowns. The guy's throwing the ball, running with the football, and carrying the Cardinals. And... He's going to face two other guys ahead of him on that list for MVP in back-to-back weeks. This is going to be great must-see television, and I, for one, am going to want to watch it because if Kyler Murray comes out of the next two weeks 2-0, and Kyler Murray, you can make every single argument in the world, is the most valuable player. And he's getting a little bit closer to being one of the most valuable fantasy assets as well. So 2020... In the end, might be the year of the little guy when we look back at things, but the little guy is doing big things. Yeah, he is. Uh, You know, the little guy didn't win the manager of the Chicago White Sox. That would have been Rick Renteria. He was let go for Tony La Russa. And uh, it was questionable at the time, and it is not going well uh, for Tony La Russa, who ESPN reported earlier today had a DUI back in February. The White Sox even knew and still hired him. Boy, this is a tough one for me knowing Tony, but hearing and seeing some of the comments made in the arrest report, one of which ESPN reports is he said to the police officer, you see these rings? I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. Wow. Not a great look for the White Sox at this point, and I hate to say it, but with Wally Backman, we saw it with Carlos Beltran. Is there a chance that Tony La Russa doesn't make it to opening day? Kind of trending that way. That'll do it for the show. Thanks for watching. For Joe and for everybody at LTN and Brett and Danny, I'm Craig Mish. See you tomorrow. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.